Coming up on today's episode of Sports Talk from the Crib, we got a packed show for you today. The NBA playoffs are heating up in the second round. The Sixers, even the series last night against the Hawks, now we're tied up at 1-1. The Joker wins NBA MVP. Can he get a win tonight against the Suns to even the series? Julio Jones has officially been traded to the Titans. Are the Titans now contenders in the AFC and possibly Super Bowl contenders with that move? Also, Donovan Mitchell, he rushed for 45 points against the Clippers in game one. They don't call him Spider-Man for nothing. Let's get this show started. Everybody, welcome to our episode of Sports Talk from the Crib. I'm your host, Tanner Christian. It's a fabulous Wednesday afternoon, bright, sunny weather, gorgeous here in Florida. I'm actually recording this outside on the patio today. That's how beautiful it is. So we're going to talk some NBA. I'm going to talk some football. So let's just hop into it. This is the first topic of today. We're starting with Donovan Mitchell. That's neighborhood Spider-Man is just on fire and he still seems to kind of get no love from across the league. You watch him play. The guy is electric. D Wade in the audience there in Utah last night with him because that's how his game. That's who he replicates. He's like this young D Wade flashy type of player that can shoot the three also. So, it's like a Dwayne Wade 2.0 out there, I guess you could say. That's what Donovan Mitchell looks like, and that's what he looked like last night in Game 1 against the Los Angeles Clippers. So let's get into the stats. They ended up winning the game by a final 112-109. to and came down to the last play of the game. Of course, you know, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, they were getting had great defense played on that final possession. Rudy Gobert ended up blocking Marcus Morris in the corner from a three. And they, that's how they lost the game last night. The Clippers did anyway. But it was a phenomenal game one. It was a great game start to finish. So Donovan Mitchell on the night finishes 45 points. 16 of 30 from the field. 6 of 15 from three-point land. Also Bogdanovich, 18 points. Jordan Clarkson, 18 points as well. Mike Conley did not play. In game one for Utah, but we'll see how that you know impacts going forward or if he's able to play for game two or not. For the Clippers, Kawhi Leonard 23.7 rebounds, Paul George 20 points, 10 rebounds. Luke Kennard off the bench had 18 points for them too. But let's dive into this a little deeper. Because you look at this game, you Utah incredible three-point victory in game one. But they started off horrible. That first quarter was one shaky quarter for the Utah Jazz. They went a nine-minute stretch. <laughs> 0 for 20. A shot. 0 for 20. Donovan Mitchell was airballing, breaking a few shots. Jordan Clarkson came in, breaking shots. Like It was like, what's going on? It didn't look like a great night was about to happen for Utah. 
But that all changed come the second half. They were down 13 at halftime, and that's when the second half came out, and it was a whole different story. Donovan Mitchell just went off. He went nuts. He went crazy. He did what Donovan Mitchell does. Erupt. When he gets going, you cannot stop him. Phenomenal game. But one thing to really look at now, too, from the Clippers' standpoint, I mentioned Paul George had 20 points. Nine of them came from the foul line. Okay? This is, but this is what he shot from the field again in the playoffs. This is his 10th time shooting this low of percentage from the field in the playoffs. Four of 17 overall from the field. Three of eight from three. And he made nine uh, free throws. So that's what makes his stat line a little bit better in the point category. But this man just disappeared again in a big game, crucial playoff game. Why can't this man play great in the playoffs? The Spider-Man doesn't have these type of games. If he does, he's impacting on other things on the floor, where it be assists, some rebounds, getting other people involved. When Paul George has these type of games, it seems like he doesn't impact the game. 10 rebounds, you saw, but it didn't feel like 10 rebounds. Why can't this man play great in the playoffs? He's just your average player in the playoffs. Now, he did hit a three. They were down. It was 112-106. He hit a big three-pointer off a miss by Luke Kennard in the corner, and they kicked it back out for him. He did hit that three. Down within striking distance. But that's about it. And that's about it when it comes to Paul George. Why does it take this man? Like, why why can't this man play well in the playoffs? Why does he struggle so much? We get on to him about it. We get on about James Harden and his struggles in the playoffs history. Like, sometimes these guys just doesn't seem to get over the hump. And now is the perfect time to do it and to take over L.A. like you want to, like Hawaii wants to, because the Lakers are out. The Lakers got bounced by the Suns. Now you're the only L.A. team left standing. This is your time to shine. This is your time to put the Clippers on the map in L.A. But is this never going to happen this Utah Jazz team has some spunk. They have that grind. They have that energy. And you watch the Clippers and they just don't at times. One thing I want to get into else about this game is if somebody's going off like that, don't the Clippers have two of the best defenders in the league? At least we all say they are. Kawhi, great defender, right? Paul George, great defender, right? Why aren't they guarding Donovan Mitchell? That is your responsibility. And I'm this mind-boggling why certain NBA teams let games go away from them like this. The best player has to guard the best player on the opposite team. If this guy is going, you know, erupting nonstop shooting threes. Why is Luke Kennard on him? He can't guard Donovan Mitchell. Playoff Rondo. He's past his time. 
Rajon Rondo's past his time. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah, he had a great little run last year with the Lakers. Now he's with the Clippers. It's different. He's not the same guy. Why is he on it? And he put try to put Beverly, who's non-existent now too in this series. He was non-existent in the last series. He's not going to get a lot of playing time. He can't guard him either. Kawhi Leonard needs to step up and say, I got him. He's not going to score. Somebody else has got to do it. Joe Ingles got to do it. Bogdanovich got to do it. Jordan Clark, let them get their points. Donovan Mitchell, you're not scoring. Paul George needs to step up and say, if you're going to go 4-17, you, you make your impact on the defensive side of the ball. That's what you need to do. And that's their only shot at winning this series. Mike Conley's a big injury for Utah. But I think they're going to survive it. I like Utah. I like Phoenix. I like these young teams coming in and playing great basketball, great team chemistry. And that's what Utah has. They really do have some great team chemistry. All these guys love to play with one another. Jordan Clarkson won the sixth man of the year. Joe Ingles loves the guy. <laughs> Bydamas is was the great pickup, you know, for last year, but then he got hurt for the, their playoff run. So that impacted him a little bit. Now he's in here. That move last year was one of the most underrated moves by this Utah Jazz team. And he got hurt going into the playoff bubble last year. We all know the circumstances. It wasn't the greatest, or whatever. But anyways, it is now. The arenas are rocking. The fans are in the stadiums. And it's such great to see how great the fans are in the in the you know stadium. Like it's so great to hear fans just cheering, going lights out when their team makes a run and their team was playing good. So Donovan Mitchell, the Spider-Man, will the Clippers be able to stop him going forward? I don't even think so. He may he may have a couple games where he struggles a little bit from the field, but overall. This Clippers team struggled just stopping Luka in the last series. They somehow survived that seven-game series and won game six and seven to win that series. But can the Clippers survive this one? And if they don't, it's a complete failure. The whole team is going to get blown up. But Utah, I like them. They very well may represent. You know, the West in the finals. I really like them in Phoenix to advance, and that will be an awesome matchup for the Western Conference Finals. That's the matchup I want to see in the Western Conference Finals. Because look at this. Utah Jazz have never um, won a championship. Despite the whole Carmelo Malone, John Stockton days, they never won. Phoenix has never won, even though they had that great team in the early 90s with like Charles Barkley, Kevin Johnson. They didn't have it. So, it's a great thing to see because even in the East, it's somebody's going to win the championship. The Nets have never won the championship either. Somebody is going to win the championship for the first time this year, and it's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. So, the Utah Jazz, Donovan Mitchell playing like Dwayne Wade 2. He's like the Dwayne Wade 2.0. This is him, and now I didn't even know this stat. You would think for those Utah Jazz, 
Um, Donovan Mitchell just had his third 40-point playoff game. That tied Carl Malone. I always thought Carl Malone had more than that. But that's the deal. Donovan Mitchell, the Spider-Man. He's a neighborhood Spider-Man. He's going to come after you. If you mess with him, he's going to bite you. <laughs> but I love the guys play. This Utah Jazz team, I love the way they play. I like them in this series. I like them in six. But um, we'll see what happens going forward. See if the Clippers can bounce back in game two or not. So let's jump in now to that other game that was happening last night. The Hawks and Sixers. Game two. Sixers come out with a big victory. Even in the series, 118 to 102. Big win over the Hawks. Let's get into the stats. Trey Young had 21 points, 11 assists. Gallinari and Herter off the bench had 21 and 20. Respectively, but Joel Embiid was a talk of the night. This guy has a torn, slightly torn meniscus in his knee. He dropped it on 40 points and 13 rebounds. Um, he was just bodying Clint Capella down low. There was no stopping him. Tobias Harris played well, too. He had 22 points. Seth Curry was hitting some big threes. Yeah, Seth Curry, not Stephen Curry, the brother. Out there, he made 21 points for him. So, and they shot so well. This Sixers team played well. They started off in the first quarter. I mean, I think they got to like an 18-point lead just in the first quarter. Hawks came back, made a little run. Like I said, Garlinari was keeping them a minute with some big shots. But come the fourth quarter, it was just all Sixers. They shot very well. 53% from the field overall. 46% from three. But um, and Milton off the bench. He had 14 points. He haven't hit the, I think he hit the three. It was either at halftime or third quarter at the buzzard. And so he has some great contribution off the bench. And this team, Joel Embiid, didn't get MVP, the Joker. Nikolai Jokic got it. He only had one first place vote. Joel Embiid only had one first place vote. And I can kind of see where people were looking at because the Joker... He really elevated, you know, his team when Jamal Murray went out in the playoffs. They've been spectacular. He's played phenomenal. Not trying to take anything away, but Joel Embiid for the Sixers. If he didn't get hurt during the regular season, I think he would have gotten a lot more votes for MVP. But he finished second, but respectable. He's going to go out there and show the world that he's the MVP. And we'll see in this series going forward because it really is going to be a daunting task. You're going back to Atlanta. Games three and four are there. Trey Young and those guys are going to bounce back. They're a young team. I like their team. I think they have a lot more depth in their roster. I like Nate McMillan, their head coach. So I expect the Atlanta Hawks to really bounce back, especially going back home. Because this is why. The Philadelphia 76ers. Remember all these names I riddled off. What name did I not talk about? And I talk about Embiid. Talk about Tobias Harris. Seth Curry. Milton off the bench. But isn't there supposed to be another superstar on Philadelphia? Isn't there another guy that everybody talks about that got that huge contract? Everybody says he has the potential. Doc Rivers, the head coach, says he really likes him. They brought in Doc to try to change this guy's perspective on the court this year, and it has not worked. That man is Ben Simmons. Where are you? 
I didn't even know he played last. I watched the whole game. I barely noticed he was on the court. I had no idea. He had four points, seven assists, and 35 minutes. Two of three from the field. He shot three times? Three. Oh, two from the line. For the Sixers to have a chance in this series. Yes, they got the win last night. But for them to have a chance in this series, Ben Simmons has to be a dog. He has to be physical. Get in the lane. Get to the rim. Shoot the ball. There was times where he was literally 8 to 10 feet away from the hoop and still wouldn't shoot it. And he was open. These other guys are keeping them in the game. You have to shoot the ball. This is so glaring of a concern. I don't know what is with him. I have no idea. But from a guy from that magnitude to just be on the court for 35 minutes and not do anything is just, it's, you can't do it. You have to elevate your game. You have to shoot the ball. If you want to be in the Eastern Conference Finals, even to, that's to win this series, you have to play better. You have to make an impact on the game somehow. He checked in the game last night. I think it was like, you know, Sixers had the game in hand. It was like two minutes ago. He checks in. He was out there with the reserves. I was like, what? Like, that's how, like, non-existent this man was last night. And that can't ha keep happening going forward in this series. He has to play better. He has to score the ball. He has to make get the rebounds. I three times shooting the ball? Three times. Come on, man. You need to at least get up uh, around 12. 10 to 12 at least, minimum. Shots, you know, shots up. But that's the only chance the Sixers have going forward. I like the Hawks in the series because of that reason. I like the Hawks in six. It may get pushed to seven, but I really like the Hawks in six because of Ben Simmons being non-existent. It, for the Sixers to advance, Tobias Harris is going to be the one that has to go like ham. For He played very well that yesterday, especially in the first quarter. He, he's, he was a, one of the main reasons they got out to that huge lead you know, for the Sixers in that first quarter was Tobias Harris. But he... Can he do that every night? Can he do it in Atlanta? Can Seth Curry keep getting hot from three? Can Danny Green maybe get his shot back and shoot some threes himself? Is Milton going to be the guy off the bench that really drops 14 a game for him? Probably not. But it's a glaring concern for Sixer fans. Ben Simmons has to play better. All right, now let's switch over to some of that NFL topic here. Some NFL news, Julio Jones has officially been traded to the Tennessee Titans for a second and fourth round pick. The Titans also received a sixth round pick in the deal. 
That second round pick is for 2020, um, 2022. And the fourth round pick is for 2023. The Titans' sixth round pick they got in the deal is also for 2023. So it's a huge trade for the Tennessee Titans. Ryan Tannehill just restructured his contract to make the move official to clear up that space because Julio Jones will count 15.3 against their cap for this upcoming season. By Ryan Tannehill restructuring his contract, you know, making that move into a signing bonus. Like, boy, the Tennessee Titans. Because they only have a little over two and a half million, I, th- I believe, in salary cap space. So they had to do something to get Julio Jones to Tennessee and make it official for this trade to go through. And Ryan Tannehill agreed to restructure about who won it. But cap, you know, is going to go up next year and the year after. They assume it's going to get back to how it was. But uh, Ryan Tannehill is going to count for ballooning $42 million next year against the cap. And that is a little concerning. But his contract runs through 2023. But his cap hits the next couple of years are going to be insane by him doing this. But that's the move they like. They're going all in right now. And this, why not? Pairing Julio Jones with A.J. Brown and having a 2,000-yard rush for Derrick Henry in the backfield, it makes sense on paper. Now, can Julio Jones stay healthy is the biggest question mark. Can he stay healthy? That is the big question mark for this Tennessee Titans team. So if he stays healthy... I think they're going to run away with the division. The AFC South is not all that. Jacksonville re- is in rebuild mode. We'll see how Trevor Lawrence plays as a rookie. Houston is just, I don't even know if they're an NFL team right now. Deshaun Watson probably won't play. Uh, so you got the Colts with Carson Wentz. They didn't really make a whole lot of moves outside from that. Even in the draft, they didn't really get their glaring needs they needed. They got a lot of project players and injury players, prone players. But um, we'll see what happens with Carson Wentz there. But Tennessee, 11-5 and last year. This move, extra game this year, of course. We have a 17-game series or season. I like the Tennessee Titans. I mean, you could get probably five or six just in your division alone and wins. So... I'm predicting maybe a 12 and 5 season for these Tennessee Titans team. You're 11 and 5? Add a win. Got Julio Jones. This add a win. Um, does this make them Super Bowl contenders, though? I don't think so. Because that defense, they cut every single quarterback on that team last year. They cut them all. They lost a lot of people on defense. And that's a little concerning. So for that one, that's one of the reasons. And because I really don't trust Julio Jones to stay healthy throughout the whole entire year. His hamstring may act up again toward the end and come playoff time. Who knows? So yeah, I'm just skeptical about that. That's why I don't say Super Bowl. Now, AFC South division, absolutely. Can they make the AFC Conference Championship? I think they probably can. I think they probably can. We'll see. You know, predicting the NFL season is so freaking hard because you never know what can happen. 17 games this year, you may get a lot more injuries. You know, 
So in Julio Jones' injury history, he's not only good. He had one of his worst years actually last year overall. Um, but pairing him with A.J. Brown, who are you going to stop? Can Ryan Tannehill really elevate his quarterback level even more? He's played pretty damn decent since being in Tennessee after uh, after those horrible, what was it, six, seven years in, of Ryan Tannehill in Miami? He was nothing. But we saw the playoff game, even in Tennessee, when they stopped Derrick Henry two years in a row, Baltimore, Kansas City, he was nothing in the playoffs. But I think this move is going to rejuvenate Julio Jones. This move is going to really rejuvenate him. It's going to up A.J. Brown's game. They lost Johnny Smith, the tight end. They lost Corey Davis, the wideout. So this move all kind of offsets that. Can you stay healthy? But I expect Tennessee Titans to come out offensively. You're going to put eight in the box on them? You got Julio and A.J. Brown by themselves on the outside. You can even try to bring one of them in in the slot, have Julio run some, you know, routes from the slot. A.J. Brown, too. A.J. Brown's so damn fast. He took so many quick slants and quick little wide receiver screens to the house last year. And since he's been, you know, he's going in his third year out of Ole Miss, since he's been in the league, like he's been that guy. So I think it's going to really rejuvenate. Julio Jones, get him back. Will they be Super Bowls? Can represent the AFC in the Super Bowl? I don't really think so. On paper, it looks great. The defense is still concerned, especially that secondary. But I, with this move, they're basically saying, I dare you to put eight guys in the box now to stop Derrick Henry. Because now we got two guys on the outside that will blow past you and can catch everything. That's one thing I love about them. Both of them have hands. They catch everything thrown. Throw the ball up. Be somewhat accurate to A.J. Brown or Julio, and you got yourself made. We'll see how Ryan Tannehill comes in. We'll see if he can have this crazy MVP type of year, having those two special wideouts. We'll see what happens with it. Derrick Henry probably won't get 2,000 rushing yards this year. Be a little more spread out. Which would be good come playoff time. Because in playoff time, you don't want to tackle Derrick Henry. Teams do not want to tackle that man. But maybe lessen his carries during the regular season. Because he's carried a hefty workload the last couple years. Him coming out. Maybe tone his carries down a little bit. Throw the ball a little bit more during the regular season. And come playoff time, put the hammer on him. Because who are you going to stop? So that's my prediction with the Tennessee Titans. And then, and when it comes to trade compensation for Julio, I think it's respectable. Somebody could have offered a first-round pick. They probably had one on the table and didn't like it. Uh, but a second-round pick is very reasonable. Second and fourth round. Like, like for a receiver that's 32 years old, it's going to be 33, injury-prone. The deal makes sense. I would have liked maybe Baltimore Ravens to make that move instead. You know, jump ahead of the Tennessee Titans and maybe offer that to really help Lamar Jackson and that crew. But it's a great move for Tennessee, I believe, if he stays healthy, of course. But I like it. Do you love it? Tennessee, 
Titans fans got to be excited. And that's going to wrap up today's episode. I want to thank you for joining me here on Sports Talk from the Crib with your favorite sports host, Tanner Christian. Remember, we are on every single streaming platform. Apple, Spotify, Google, iHeartRadio, Pandora. You know, this wherever you listen to your podcast, it is available on every Monday and Wednesday new episodes air. And you can also stream it on the official website at feeltheheatentertainment.com. That is feeltheheatentertainment.com. Dot com. We also have a sport blog up there for you to do. We're doing a lot. I'm doing a lot more uh, splogging, you know? Sport articles, about giving my thoughts about things that are happening in the sports world and different segments that I talk about on the show will be up here there as well. And remember, social media networks at Feel the Heat ENT is on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. It's Feel the Heat Entertainment, Sports Talk from the Crib. Check out the merch store as well. You know, thank you for joining me again. I'll catch y'all next time. Peace out.